If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. I'm a lover. I'm a chef. Is that Cheryl I feel Crow? Like, uh, maybe. Listen, if you are know. screaming the name of this song out <laughs> in your car or on your walk with your kids or your dog right now, just send us a DM at yeah. Digger Podcast so you help can help us out. Us out. <laughs> yep. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Okay, Gold Diggers. So today is going to be a really fun episode with me and my BFF, Kylie. Hey, Kylie. <laughs> hey, Jenna. I'm okay. Can I paint a picture Please for do. everyone Please do. right now? Yes. So the day we are recording this episode, I, well, my husband just drove us to New York City. We are moving out of our apartment. We're closing the New York chapter, at least the residency part of our New York chapter of our lives. And my whole plan was to be in our hotel room in time to record with you, Jenna. And of course, hotels are ready. Like early (laughs) check-ins, not a thing. New York is back alive. And so our friends, Ben and Monique, they have this walk-in closet, which in New York standards, it could... Any other apartment, it would be a bedroom. Like it's huge and it has all their winter coats and everything. And Ben set up for me an ironing board, a bar stool, a cardboard box. And this is my podcast studio right now. You know what? It is absolutely gold diggerific. Like absolutely. If If we could coin what recording gold digger should look like, it's just about that. I mean, the stroller boxes finally got cleared out of my closet. So now I'm like a new woman and I record standing up, which is all interesting. And I think honestly, with the baby bump, it helps me to breathe a little bit. Better. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I kind of love it. It's perfect. Yeah, we make it work. So that's where I'm at right now. So today, speaking of, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurial fears 
and how to face them. And what's so perfectly aligned with the fact that you're recording on an ironing board is you might be scared (laughs) that it might tip over while you're recording, but that fear is not holding you back, right? No, no. I've faced that fear. I am good to go. I think, you know, part of the entrepreneurial fears, I think when people dive in and just get started, it's like, do I look the part? Are people going to take me seriously? Do I take myself seriously in this role? And I'm here to tell you that even if you don't look the part, (laughs) you can dive in and be an entrepreneur. I've never looked the part. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) So where should we begin with this? Because honestly, it's so interesting to me. A lot of times when I get asked questions when it comes to business or, you know, where to begin or how to face these fears or whatever, so much of it is rooted in this uncertainty. And I feel like we've almost become uncertainty experts in this last year, especially. But you and I together came up with five big pieces of what we think the biggest fears are and where they're rooted in. And so where do you think we should dive in first? I actually think that we should start with that word you just used, uncomfortable, unfamiliar. Diving into entrepreneurship, you are forced into feeling uncomfortable again and being a beginner at things and not necessarily having a guidebook or a boss you can turn to to ask for your next steps. And you're right, like so much of the last year, I think has made us experts in some ways in unfamiliar, uncomfortable scenarios. But I think sometimes just allowing us to get into that mental state is enough to paralyze you from even getting started. So How do you even get comfortable with being uncomfortable? (laughs) You know, what's so funny is one of the things that I think about a lot, especially because I have a young daughter, is how keen we are on learning when we're little, right? Like we want to discover new things and we don't care if we mess up and we're going to try and try and try. And a lot of times I question social media and its impacts on our ability to be nervous to start, or like you were saying even earlier, that we don't look the part. And I think that a lot of the uncomfortable and unfamiliar situations would be a lot more comforting if we didn't feel like we were thrust on a stage, whether digitally or in real life, in front of people so that they were watching us learn. And so what's so interesting is that I don't know if I've ever necessarily gotten comfortable in entrepreneurship, but I think the discomfort can be a really good driver for you to create some level of certainty within what you're doing, whether it's how you create, what you sell, the offers you offer your customers, your communication and things like that. And so I mean, it's interesting because we're actually just having a conversation with my family and my brother and I are both entrepreneurs and my sister is as well. And she has her own blog and she recently graduated from getting her doctorate. And she was just saying, you know, I'm not like you guys. Like, I don't like relying on something that's so uncertain as running my own business. I love running my own business for fun. But the thought of making that my one thing actually really feels unsettling to me. And I think that's a really good point to make is that some people are really like driven by that feeling of discomfort. And some people are really turned away by it. And I don't think that one is better than the other or more superior than the other. But I think it's really important that you know yourself and, and understand if maybe a side hustle is more appropriate for you than going all in. 
That's a great point that you can hate the uncomfortable, uncertain, you know, not guaranteed aspect of entrepreneurship and still dip your toe in or still have something on the side. I think what it all comes down to, at least for me and what I've been experiencing lately as I'm stepping into new opportunities and endeavors in my entrepreneurial side, as well as, you know, my business employee side with you, but I'm just having to normalize that uncomfortable feeling that it's not a bad thing that yes, I feel like this. And I also know how to educate myself, reach out for help, turn to resources. I think someone's brewing espresso behind me. (laughs) Welcome to New York. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's just normalizing that feeling, knowing it's part of it. It's not a bad part of it. It's just part of it. Yeah. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. Now, either way, it takes a ton of work. Whether you're building your website from scratch or struggling to manage payments, you need Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that's been my go-to for almost a decade. Yes, nearly a decade. It's designed to help creators and entrepreneurs build thriving online businesses with steady recurring income. Whether it's blogging, coaching, or podcasting, Kajabi makes it simple to transform your passion into profitable online courses, exclusive members sites, and so much more. Over the years, Kajabi has been my rock from hosting my signature courses like the Pinterest lab to handling transactions without taking a single penny of my money. That's right. You get to keep 100% of what you earn. With Kajabi, you get powerful analytics, simple payment options, effective email marketing tools, and beautiful website templates that you can customize. And here's a little secret. You don't need a massive following to earn a great income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi who are making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers, and you can be one of them. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash goal. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash goal. Join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion today at kajabi.com slash goal. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. You know, one thing that I think is so 
interesting is when we talk about discomfort, I've been talking about it a lot on the podcast and actually just really pondering it a ton in my own life is it's really uncomfortable leaving a past identity or title or sense of purpose behind and venturing into the unknown. And I think too, when we look at our culture these days, you know, people ask you that question, what do you do? And they don't really wait for a long answer, right? Like they want like a title that they can wrap their brain around. Yes, we like boxes. Yes, we like boxes. And it was so cute. Actually, my grandpa just called me and they had listened to their episode on the podcast that we aired a few months ago. And he goes, you know, you're such a good host on your radio show. And like, and it was so sweet because I'm like, he is putting me into the box that he understands which I I value. I treasure that. And for me, you know, I was thinking about identity and our interview with Maya Shankar, she actually talks a lot about identity and change and how that can be a really sticking point for a lot of people. And I know a lot of people that become entrepreneurs, they had really impressive titles or their identity was wrapped up in their previous role. And so leaving behind something that is boxable to step into something that isn't can be a huge, huge, huge problem and can be something that really holds you back, an absolute fear. And I remember the first time I actually told someone I'm a photographer without a caveat or without saying, you know, I'm in HR, but I'm also a photographer on the side. And just claiming that as a piece of my identity felt like the biggest step. And the funniest part was, is that it was to my dentist as she had her hands in my mouth. So I was like, uh oh, her, her. Uh, <laughs> why do they always ask those myself. questions? <laughs> I know. And so, you know, I think that identity can play a huge role for us. And more so, the importance we place on that identity can really hold us back from stepping into new territories because a lot of times entrepreneurship can be hard to describe, right? Yeah, big time. It's so funny that you mentioned the radio show thing, because that's how my grandparents compute what I do. And because I had a past job in radio, they're like, oh, okay, she's just doing radio in this different format. I just can't get it on my car stereo right now. (laughs) But that's the thing. Yeah, it's getting wrapped up in your title and like placing value in those line items on your resume. Of course, that's kind of how our society puts us on this hierarchy of, okay, this person's powerful, this person's accomplished a lot. And then when you go into entrepreneurship, that ladder doesn't look the same as everyone Mm -hmm. else's. And it's so hard to detach your own value and your identity and like your worth as a human from those titles. And I think absolutely that's, that's a big thing for getting started in entrepreneurship and figuring out how to explain yourself and what you do in 30 seconds or less to someone who you just would really prefer to hear you are a manager or a director of whatever, you know? Yes. One of the biggest things that comes with that identity shift is again, like showing up in a new way. And, you know, when we look at entrepreneurship, when you're just starting out, you are your own publicist. And that is so uncomfortable for most people. And so it's so interesting because it's like, you know, when you have a passion and you've never really shared it publicly, and now all of a sudden your success can hinge on you stepping out of your comfort zone 
clothing yourself in this new identity with pride and showing up in a new way. I know for me, it's so funny because I don't know if this happens for you, Kylie, but like there will be certain times that I post something and I can visualize somebody that knows me being like, who does she think she is? Or like, why is she talking about this? Or like, yeah, it's like all you know, of a sudden, yes. yeah, you're high school again. You're like, yes. what's everybody saying about me? <laughs> yes. It's so funny. It's like you're writing these narratives for people you probably haven't spoken to in years, or you're imagining people judging you when they could actually be celebrating you. And hey, if they are judging you, I mean, that's more of a reflection on them. But I think too, it can get really uncomfortable when we start to pursue a passion and we start to share about that because it feels like we're taking on this new identity and we're probably more afraid and paralyzed by what people might be thinking about us than doing the actual work and just showing up and doing it. And it is uncomfortable. I mean, it's still uncomfortable if that gives you any help. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, I just really started getting comfortable with telling people I am an investigative journalist because I have my podcast on the side. And for the longest time, I wouldn't claim that title for myself, even though I have a degree in journalism, even though my podcast is based in investigative journalism. And yet I had a hard time saying that that was what I did and who I was. And it's just so weird that it's like we're not giving ourselves permission to own what we are, what we're doing and what we're really, really freaking good at. So yeah, it's I think it's a continuing journey that you go on as an entrepreneur at ebbs and flows. Well, and it keeps shifting. You know what I mean? Like, even if I look at my own journey, from finally uttering the words, I'm a photographer in the dentist chair, to then being a wedding photographer for eight years, to then shifting out of photography into this marketing podcasting space. I mean, even to this day, trying to sum up what I do and who I am in a title is really hard. And so I think the beauty of entrepreneurship is the evolution of your identity And I think it's just really important for all of us to recognize the weight that we're giving on those titles and the importance that we might be giving to the wrong things. And I think the best way to do that, honestly, is to define what success looks like for you. And usually those topics and those things that success looks like for you isn't going to be covered in your elevator pitch, right? It's not up for someone else to understand or for someone else to try to box it in. But if your title is helping you get closer to your definition of success, then you're on the right track. And that's the level of importance that you should be pursuing. Oh, that's good. Of course. It's okay. Good. So let's so good. talk about this because this is, this is huge, especially for women and driven women changes in your life impacting your business. So, I mean, today you're moving. I'm pregnant. Since we've been friends and work together, you've gotten married. Uh, we're coming up on a decade of marriage. And so looking at just changes in your life, and how it can impact your business decisions, man, that can bring a lot of fear into our world, right? 
Yeah, especially if you are a solopreneur, if you have a small team, it's those big life changes are not separate from your life, (laughs) your personal life. Everything is interwoven. And so if you're thinking about, I mean, as I think about motherhood, if that's on the horizon for me, it's like, okay, so what does that mean for me as an employee? More so, what does that mean for me as a side hustler with this thing on the side, that's going to take up some free time because I'll have a baby to care for. So there's all that fear wrapped around that I won't be able to show up for my business in the way that I want to because I have a baby to show up for. And so, yeah, it is very unique to women. I feel like I've been giving myself a deadline. Like I need to achieve X, Y, Z in my business, in my career before a big life change. And that can be really unfair and really challenging and exhausting mentally to approach it that way. So how, it can be how impossible. have you navigated it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because to paint some context for everyone, Kylie joined my team right before I had Coco. So you know, you've actually watched me transform and juggle and struggle over the last, you know, two and a half years and, you know, figure out too this new identity as a mom. And, you know, it's, it's so unique. And, and honestly, I feel like I'm right back where we were when we began being pregnant again. And even this morning, Drew and I, we're all eating cereal together. And I was like, isn't it crazy to just think we're like, we're going to be starting over again? Like, you know, and now we're we're each going to be one-on-one with a kid and like, how are we going to do this? And I mean, it's that annoying thing of like, you're never going to feel fully ready for anything, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, big moves, big changes, motherhood, all of that. But I do think too, with career, there is this added pressure that isn't spoken about enough, specifically with entrepreneurship and side hustles, where you need to get it to a point where it can be more self-sustaining, where you have like more, you know, routines and consistency and you have a plan. And it's interesting too, because even this desire to have a maternity leave means that we're working double time to prepare for that. And it changes everything. And so it was interesting I was speaking with my parents' neighbor the other night and we were just kind of laughing because I was making fun of my little baby bump. And I was like, yeah, it either looks like I I really struggle during quarantine physically or I might be pregnant. And she said, you know, how (laughs) how many years are going to be between Coco and the baby? And I said, well, it's going to be about three years, which for me, it was necessary because you know, the first year after having her, you know, I exclusively nursed her and was just trying to like give myself space to settle into motherhood. The second year was my year to get my career back, you know, to a place where then I was ready to get pregnant again and start the cycle all over. And, you know, it's just crazy the amount of planning and decisions and hard decisions that go in when you are trying to balance a big life change plus entrepreneurship. And sometimes those big life changes you can't plan for, you know? And so I think that what's beautiful and even looking at our past story with loss and everything is those big life changes really shift you into action, which is generally uncomfortable action, but they help for you to figure out what type of role you want to play in each identity of your life. 
And for me, that's, you know, motherhood and career. And how do I want those to look? And even in our season of struggle, I was able to really work hard to continue to build something that would give me the type of freedom in life that I wanted as a mother. And so it's wild because when we first were pregnant, I was shooting 30 weddings a year. And the second time we were pregnant, I was still shooting crazy amounts. And I was like, I can't do this once I have a kid. What am I going to do? And so it's important, even if you're in a season of waiting, no matter what that is, relationship, move, you know, family stuff, whatever, that you can still be working. And that doesn't mean you need to be hustling, but that you can still be working towards that type of life that you want in your future. And I think that's a beautiful reminder for all of us. I think that's another one of those entrepreneurial fears that we have to normalize, that it's not something we need to manage or organize ourselves out of. Like it's very real and valid to have a fear around a big life change and how that's going to impact your business and vice versa. And so if you're feeling that you're valid in that fear and know that everyone is standing there alongside you, maybe, maybe it feels like you're feeling that fear in a silo, but it's so normal. And so it's not about eliminating the fear, but rather just facing it, knowing we're all walking through it as well. Yes. And I think too, just like you just said, walking through it and not just letting it paralyze you. Because I think no matter what change is coming, I mean, we're resistant to change as human beings. And so continuing to just try to make tiny bits of progress can help for you to navigate that and work towards what you're working, you know, what you see for yourself in the future, whatever that looks like. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough, but I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. 
Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so it's time for me to get a little selfish in this conversation. (laughs) Dear Jenna, my biggest fear right now as an entrepreneur with a side hustle is a fear of losing momentum. I am in this place with my podcast where so many things are happening. So many good things are happening at once. I'm experiencing growth that I never forecasted for. I have opportunities on the horizon that I never could have dreamed would be possible in the first six months, honestly, or ever. I never even thought that I'd have these opportunities. And so now I'm worried if I take a break, if I give myself rest, if I step back to look at the wide bird's eye view of it, not in the thick of it every single day in the minutiae that I'm going to lose this momentum I have and that it's all going to go away. And so truly, that's what I'm facing right now. And I know that you have some, I know you'll have some advice for me. So (laughs) I'll just sit and listen. (laughs) Well, it's amazing because I'm so lucky to be invited in to what's happening in your world and to hopefully be some sort of a guide through those fears because I felt them all. And I think a lot of people are feeling them. And it's really interesting, this idea, this idea of momentum where, you know, it's like kind of like when we think back to physics and it's like, you know, an object in motion stays in motion. And I think there's beauty and truth in that. But I also think that it can create workaholism. It can create this hustle culture. It can create this fear of when I stop, everything stops. And I also think that with women, and I've had a lot of conversations around this lately, is that with women, we love to believe and write the story in our brains that our success is a fluke. Have you ever felt that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel (laughs) called out. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, though, here's the thing. It's not just you. Like some of the most successful women I know, when I've talked to them lately, there's this fear within us that gosh, this wasn't supposed to happen for me, or I'm so lucky that I can't blow this one shot I've got. And what I've learned is that we don't just get one shot. There are a hundred shots. There are shots that are waiting for us or for the right timing. And, you know, I remember the feeling of if I stop, my business stops, everything stops and it's all gone. And that feeling really guides you to burnout. (laughs) The only direction it takes you is to burnout. That's it. You know? Yeah. Have you felt that? (laughs) Uh, Again, here I am (laughs) sitting on this ironing board feeling called out. Yeah. What's so interesting about it and, and what I am actually finally feeling at peace at in my own life around it is this level of trust with myself And this is what I wish for so many more women entrepreneurs is listen to this. This is what I want for you to know is that you have been smart enough to get to where you are today and you have been intuitive enough 
to make the decisions that have guided you to the success that you found. And those brains and that intuition are not going anywhere. They're a part of you. They're, they're who you are. And they are going to guide you in the next step, in the next phase, in the next season, in the next year, in the next decade. And so when you can fully trust in your ability to figure things out, to start fresh if that's needed, to make the right decisions, to honor your talents, to define your own version of success, then you have nothing to fear when it comes to momentum. It's okay to pump the brakes and know that you can hit the gas pedal in the next year, month, week. And so if we don't get comfortable pumping the brakes and trusting that the gas pedal is right next to it, ready to be pressed when we're ready for it, all you're going to do is guide yourself to burnout to a place where you can't imagine continuing to do the thing that you once loved. And I think there is nothing more scary in the notion that our hustle tendencies, the culture that we live in, is creating people that are no longer passionate about the thing that got them out of bed at one point. And so, you know, in my personal life right now, getting ready to have another baby, I am giving myself full permission to pump the brakes to coast, to trust in what I've already built, but also to believe in what I can build when I'm ready to. And I think that women need to stop believing that their success is a fluke. They need to stop thinking that they've got one lucky break and that they can't blow it. And they need to start living in the reality that there will always be new opportunities. There will always be chances to pivot. There will always be the ability to hit that gas pedal and to floor it if you want to, but it doesn't need to become your constant state of doing right now. Well, you just granted me so much permission and, you know, I'm truly walking through that season right now. And I just value everything that you're able to speak into my world, both during these conversations and like when I slack you, whatever I'm working on. And I'm like, this isn't work related, but I need help. <laughs> and you're always well, and there. Here's the thing is that it's so funny because watching you navigate this, it literally just brings me back just a few years. I'm not that far removed. And it's funny because the things that we feel that are so shiny and fleeting are usually the things that benefit other people that aren't aligned with our mission or what we've set out to do. Yes. But because they're invitations brought on by other individuals, we feel this pressure to one, become a yes girl to not let other people down. But two, we wonder, will those invites still stand if I say no today? And it's so funny because a lot of times when I look at the mistakes I've made, because Lord knows I've made a million, the mistakes I've made are usually rooted in making decisions that involve other people because I don't want to let them down or I don't think that invitation will still stand. But think about it. It's like if somebody is asking you to do something or be a part of something and they're not going to be there a year from now when you've grown and learned and become even more successful, then that's not a good invitation to begin with, right? And so it's interesting to me because I think a lot of times where we go off course the most, where we veer from our original mission or, or what we define as success, it usually has to do with other people and things feeling shiny or fleeting. 
And the good things in life and the good things in business are neither shiny nor fleeting. And I think we just got to remember that and trust that. You know, that's so helpful too. I feel like I'm getting a little bit more savvy in understanding and reading between the lines of some of these invitations that come my way. I definitely think it's a skill that's developed when you realize that if someone wants a piece of what you're building right now, it's because it's valuable to them and not necessarily 100% in your best interest. And so I think that's permission enough to pump the brakes and really consider saying no to something that isn't 100% yes. So thank you for that. Okay. So there's, there's one really like pragmatic, realistic fear that comes with full-time entrepreneurship. And I have a feeling I know what your advice is going to be here, but I'm asking you the question anyway. So when you become an entrepreneur, all of a sudden you are the sole person responsible for your livelihood or your family's livelihood. We're talking saving for retirement, providing health care, figuring out how to pay taxes, just all these things that were more or less a form you had to fill out for HR and your job. Now you're not only filling out the form, you are HR and you're figuring out where all that information has to go. So what are like some approaches to understanding that fear and preparing yourself to face it when you know you are the sole person responsible for feeding and clothing and housing yourself? I mean, okay, answer me this. Do you feel grown up? Because I don't. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> you know, it's funny because all of those topics remind me like when I hear them at first, I'm like, oh, when I'm a grown up, I'll figure that out or whatever. And it's like, do we ever? I mean, I feel like we're still children in like adults' bodies. Oh, so, yeah, big time. Yeah. So, first off, I think it's such a rational and and realistic. And I think it's smart to be thinking about these things. You know, I my mom recently sent me my personal budget from 2010. And it was so cool to actually see it because before I had graduated college, I had to take a personal finance class, which if you are still in university or have an opportunity to sign up for some sort of class, sign up for a personal finance class. I wish that it was a requirement for everyone to take. But looking at that budget, it really made me smile because I was literally budgeting for everything. I mean, I'm talking if I wanted to go to a movie that was in my monthly budget and student loan and all of those things. And, you know, when I created that budget, it was when I was, you know, accepting an entry level salaried position. And so a lot of those things were taken care of for me in terms of health insurance and 401k and all of that kind of stuff. And let's be honest, I still don't fully understand 401ks and all of that stuff. But thankfully, I have smart people in my life that help explain that to me. Yeah, I think that's the key thing. It's like right. when you're all of a sudden on your own, find experts who can help you. Yes, I'm like Roth IRA. Okay, remind me of what that one is and how it's different from my 401k. And Talk like, to you know, me like I know nothing because yes. I don't. Yes, and that's the thing too is it's like we are not meant to be or become experts in every piece of running a business. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong is that in order to, you know, start their own business, they think they've got to figure it all out themselves. And I actually just sent my accountants an email the other day and said like, happy decade of working together because I sought them out while I was still working my entry level job. 
and had made zero dollars in my photography business. And I sat down with them and I was like, walk me through this. What does this mean? Am I an LLC or a sole proprietor? What do I file? How do I do this? How do I prepare for taxes? And so getting the right people in your life to help you through that and looking at all available options for you. And I will say that one of the best things that I did, and I was actually just telling a friend this because they're making the leap into entrepreneurship, is I said, really look at what your monthly expenses are, like get super honest with yourself and save as much as you possibly can. Like don't expand your lifestyle to fit whatever you're seeing in your business. If you're growing, let that just become this cushion for you that gives you confidence. And that was like the best thing that we ever did. You know, we lived off of 50 K from my business for years, even when it had, you know, two X its income and was making six figures. And I'm so grateful for that because then it gave me the ability to make those harder decisions or those bigger investments later on in the road without our lifestyle being impacted at all. And it helped us really build up a nest egg and pay off our mortgage and and be able to do a lot of the things that we can now do. But yeah, I don't think those things are meant to be navigated on your own. You are not an HR consultant. I was even an HR person and I needed help. (laughs) So if that doesn't tell you anything, I was the person that walked, you know, a team of 150 people through those decisions. And yet when I became an entrepreneur, I had no idea where to go. And so find an expert, ask a trusted family friend, get an advisor, I have only learned that when you can invest in things like accountants or financial advisors, they will save you the money you're investing in them, whether it's immediately or down the road. And so set yourself up for success there and be prepared that if you have parents or elders in your life, those will be the questions that they're going to ask about when you tell them that you're going to make the leap. So make sure you do your research ahead of time and have some sound responses, because I know that's what my parents asked me about when I told them I was going to become a full-time wedding photographer. (laughs) They always want to know. Yeah. It's so funny. You mentioned that you worked in HR and then you jumped to entrepreneurship and you still needed some help help. in that area. My first job out of college was being a spokesperson. It was called the young and free main spokesperson. And I was educating other 18 to 25 year olds about financial wellness and financial literacy and how to balance a budget. Talk about imposter syndrome. Right. I'm 22 trying to teach people <laughs> how to make a budget. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I mean, it's hilarious because Drew was actually licensed in insurance. He had a little stint where he thought he was going to sell insurance. So he like did all the exams. We still had no, you know, like you, especially when you have unique situations and I think entrepreneurship really brings upon unique situations, get some help on that stuff and get, yeah. and get a solid footing because all of those decisions give you confidence to keep moving forward. And I think that having that confidence makes it feel more legit, makes you treat it more legit, but also gives you that security and safety that can be afforded through entrepreneurship if you get the right people on your team and you have the right planning in place, which is awesome. Absolutely. I can tell you from personal experience, just having a relationship with an accountant, an attorney, having someone you know that you can email when those questions pop up just gives you so much more confidence because they will (laughs) and they won't hold you back when you have them. So, wow. So that's five. We tackled them. We did. You know, it's interesting because fear is always this indicator in your life. And I think that 
fear can be the thing that propels you forward or it can be the thing that paralyzes you and holds you back. And I think that fear is the signifier for us and it's not meant to be something that's constantly pushed through. You know, I think there's like those quotes, like feel the fear and do it anyway. And I think that, you know, in some instances, absolutely. That's what's required of us to make progress and to move forward. But I also think it's a, an important invitation to get in touch with your intuition, to understand if that fear is just because you're worried about something that might possibly happen, or if it's an indicator that maybe something isn't the right fit for you, or you're going in the wrong direction. And so I always think about fear being like a co-pilot on the journey and I'm just not letting her take the wheel. She can guide me and direct me and she can be my little Garmin and and course correct along the way, but I'm also not going to let her into the driver's seat and to take control. And so fear is not something that you're going to get rid of. It's not something that you can remove from your life or that you just need to work past or get more in touch, you know, with your manifesting self, but it also can be a strong signaler if you allow it to be. And it can help for you to just get better at being quiet with yourself, to ask yourself those questions. What is the fear telling me? Where do I go from here? How do I make the next best decision? How do I know when it's right to push through or when it's actually telling me that I'm going in the wrong direction? And I think that's all a part of the learning experience of being an entrepreneur. And it's all skills that will be refined over time if you give yourself the chance to refine them. If fear is your co-pilot, what song is she putting on the playlist first? Oh, (laughs) Lord, help us. Something terrible. Something terrible. Skip immediately. I'm thinking like a pink song. Like I feel like pink has that one song that's like, I hate the world today. Wait, no. Who sings that? Natalie Imbruglia? You're so good to me. I know, but I can't change. (laughs) Okay, concert by Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) It's that one that's like, I'm a B-I-T-C-H. I'm a lover. I'm a child. Is that Cheryl Crow? uh, Maybe. Listen, if you are screaming the name of this song out (laughs) in your car or on your walk with your kids or your dog right now, just send us a DM at Gold Digger Podcast so you can help us out. out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, regardless, it's that song and I'm ready to change the dial onto something more empowering. (laughs) I love it. Oh, Gold Diggers, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the podcast. I hope that you enjoy these candid conversations. We have so much fun recording them. And until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. 
We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash golddigger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash golddigger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.